0: Good morning, Liberty Network. My name is Steve Huber, and I'm the director of the Liberty Network, and I want to welcome you all on this network Sunday. I'm gonna go west to east and welcome Liberty Harrisburg and Newtown Square and the church on the main line in Montgomery County, Liberty Fairmount and River Wards, Northeast Philadelphia and Collingswood, and also Bridge Community Church in Glenside, just north of the city, uh, who, Lord willing, is gonna vote soon and join the Liberty Communion of churches. I wanna welcome you all. And here we are, 2021, we're gonna dive into a Psalm that's a prayer for renewal. We're gonna look this morning at a call, a prayer for God's people to pray for renewal. And I thought this would be appropriate uh, for a couple different reasons. Look, the Psalms cover all kinds of topics and prayers. If you're exploring Jesus, you need to know this. Sort of everything's covered. We have in these songs, poems, and prayers, and the Psalms are all of those at the same time. It's sort of the iTunes essentials for prayer the kind of prayers to pray for all different kinds of occasions. And we have prayers of praise, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of repentance. When it's time, when you know you need to turn to God, when you need to go back to God. There's bold prayers for rescue, prayers of lament, and yes, a prayer for renewal, an ongoing prayer for renewal, and because of what's going on in the world, and actually where we're at as a network, I thought this would be appropriate. I don't need to tell you there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, politically, it's a super painful time, it's been a politically explosive time. Uh, the church has divided in America over politics, there's a pull on the left and the right. Many wonder do Christians want, really want to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Or, either on the left or the right, or is it just other people who want power? The Church of Jesus is not very united. Also, we're in the midst of this long season of suffering in the world, this pandemic. One illusion that that's often in the West, sometimes in the West we can have the illusion that we basically have life figured out. That if we can have prosperous jobs and freedom, basically we'll be okay. We will we will be able to have all we need for a beautiful, peaceful, fulfilling life on our own. And that illusion has been shattered. Uh, this pandemic um, has reminded us that we're not in control. And there's a lot going on in our church where we are as a network. We are actually seeking to deepen what the Liberty communion of churches is. Do we not need to be more connected to each other, be more committed to each other, to actually help each other, to strengthen and plant churches, to do more regional mercy in the world, to do more internationally. Don't we need to be more connected, more committed and more clear about what we believe? What is the gospel we hold out to the world? Uh, Matt Luloyan had the idea last summer, what if we did a covenant renewal and the lead team immediately took to this, let's, the, the mission isn't changing, but let's remind ourselves in the new generation of leaders that's amongst our churches, what we're about, what we're going after together, what's the call of the church and what we believe as churches let's be committed again and stack hands on the calling that we've received so 2021 is going to be a year of covenant renewal so because of what's going on in the world and what's been going on in our churches let's look at this prayer that god invites us to pray a prayer of renewal. Would you follow along as I read Psalm 85? You can. The Psalms are in the middle of the Bible, so you can find them. If Generally, you open up a Bible in the middle. You can also just Google uh, Psalm 85 ESV. It would be good to have it open. Follow along as I read God's word. To the choir master, a Psalm of the sons of Korah. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what, the, what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet, righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. In the heart of the psalm, our prayers for restoration, for reviving what was once alive, but needs more life from God. At the heart of the psalm, our prayers for renewal. And it's right in the middle of two sections the beginning recalling past mercy and the end looking forward to future promise the renewal prayers are the middle section in between what god's done in the past recalling his mercy to us in the past and the end looking forward to the future promise of what god's going to do so let's let's look how it opens look how this is a remembering of god's past mercy Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave, you covered all their sin. You withdrew your wrath. You were favorable. All this blessing, all this forgiveness, this is what God has done in the past. God's people are remembering the kindness, the goodness of God, what he's already done. God had restored. Uh, Saying he restored the fortunes of Jacob Jacob was a father of their people. It's a way to speak of the people collectively. It's a way to speak of them as an entire community of faith. God was merciful to Jacob. God forgave completely, total forgiveness. Now, the plot line of the Bible is this. How will God bring his presence back to a rebellious world? What's lost in the beginning of the Bible when humanity Uh, Turns from God and rebels against God, what's lost is the presence of God. Humans have to leave God's presence and no longer live under His blessing. And the the plotline of the the, the Bible how will God bring the blessing of His presence back to a broken and rebellious world? And God just drops promises on people. Genesis 12. God calls a guy named Abram, commands him to go to the place that God will show him. You're gonna go to this land I will show you, and I will bless you and make you to be a blessing. God brings his presence to Abram and says that through him and through the people that God is gonna create, blessing will come to the earth. And there's these huge promises There's a promise in Isaiah, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The world again will experience the presence of God and the blessing of God, even though it's broken, and even though people are rebellious. Even though, rather than submitting to God, we want to be gods. This is what we need to remember. Prayers for renewal are fueled by remembering God's past mercy and grace. We can say to God, God, look what you did before. Lord, you did this before. You forgave. You turned from your anger. You you brought your blessing. You restored fortunes. You poured out blessing. Look what you did before. Now, maybe you noticed um, the text says God withdrew wrath. He turned from hot anger. What's that about? Let me ask you this. Uh, Do you hate what's wrong with the world? Is there injustice that you get fired up about? Do you get rightfully angry when you see injustice, when you see things that aren't fair? God does more. God hates what's wrong with the world more than we do. Uh, imagine a beautiful garden, imagine a beautiful rose garden, and imagine it being trampled and ruined by, let's say a high school football team, trampling it, pulling up all the plants, and then littering it with 7-Eleven trash. It would be hard to watch. It would be a bummer. It would be worse if you designed the garden, if you had planted it with your own hands, if you had were part of the creation of the, the garden. I happened to see a YouTube where this uh, beautiful 67 Ford Mustang that had been restored spins out. The guy hits a tree and it's sort of funny, but mostly sad. And it was sad thinking about, think about what it would be like to watch that video if you were the guy who restored the car. You're the hundreds and hundreds of hours restoring that. God is the creator, this is his work, his garden, he's the one who desires to restore and has begun a restoration work, and he's the one who has the right and who gets most angry when people made in his image who are part of his creation are defaced and deformed and degraded. God hates sin more than we do. And yet he's moving history, his direction. And the direction that God's moving history towards, that's how the Psalm ends. The Psalm ends after these prayers for renewal, which we're gonna look at, a beautiful picture of the future. Look at it again, starting in verse 10. Just all of a sudden, here's this picture of a beautiful beautiful future. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground. Righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good. This is the future renewal that's coming. This is when heaven and earth meet and everything's the way it should be. This is a picture of the world flooded with the presence of God. The Bible explains why we don't experience the presence of God like we're meant to, like we long to. And our imagination is given, this is a picture of the world flooded with presence and blessing. Uh, it's actually a test of how much you know about God, how much you long for his presence. How much you long for his presence. If, if you were having a party and I said, well, hey, it doesn't matter to me if your friend is there. I don't care if your friend's there. You would say, well, actually, you don't know my friend. You don't know what they bring. You don't know the the laughter she has and her warmth and what she's gonna bring to this gathering. You don't know what you're missing out on. When we don't long for God's presence, it's because we don't know what we're missing out on. And the beauty and the peace and civility and delight and healed relationships that we long for, uh, all that is from the heart of God, the imagination of God, It's what God's presence brings. Uh, There's a book, and it's actually, it's been turned into a course. It's called, The World We All Want. And it's for Christians, and also those willing to examine spiritual questions. And for those who are examining spiritual questions, just the simple question, what's the world you want? What's your dream world? Describe that to me, like anything as possible. And if we really let ourselves and our hearts and minds and our imaginations go there, well, people would get along. Relationships would be healed. There wouldn't be the shadow of sickness and death. There wouldn't be the tears. There wouldn't be injustice, but fairness. There wouldn't be poverty, but flourishing. There would not be hoarding, but sharing. It would be a world of beauty and union. And death wouldn't haunt us. And this is a this is a point of the book. And On one level, we all want the same thing. Christians and non-Christians, we all want that world. Do we not? We want the same thing. And it's actually where God has promised to move the world. How, listen to how history will end in God's hands. Listen to the end of the scriptures. This is in the final book of the Bible, describing the future. And listen for for the signs of his presence and his blessing. Revelation 21, behold the dwelling place of God is now with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who's seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new, all things new. And God is there and no more tears and death shall be no more, no more crying, no more pain. This is the world we all want. Now, how is God doing that? How is God bringing the world to that place? Well, the answer, it's the number one answer of all questions in Sunday school from all time. From, you know, Sunday school teachers, those instructing children tell stories and ask who these stories point to. They ask, how is God doing what he's doing? The answer is Jesus. One of the names for Jesus in the scriptures is Emmanuel, which means God with us, his presence, God, the very presence of the living God with us in this world, in this life, in this reality, Jesus Christ, who is walking, le- living, breathing renewal. He announces that God's kingdom is present in a new way. God is active in the world in a new way. God's power is breaking into history in a new way. That's what he announced. Hey, the kingdom is here. God is doing something new. He's bringing his blessing blessing and presence into history, into reality in a new way. And so we're gonna look at these prayers for restoring. We're gonna pray these prayers to restore, revive, and renew on this side of the coming of Jesus. Uh, this prayer that we're going to look at was originally prayed in a national crisis. It seemed like God was absent, but we pray this now in light of Jesus. So look again at the heart of the psalm and look at the words, look at the verbs used. Restore. Verse 4, restore us again, O God of our salvation. Put away your indignation toward us. What's this word restore about? It's a relationship repaired kind of word. It's a re-experiencing of presence to restore something that's lost. What's being lost here is a relationship and it's a prayer. God, may we re-experience your presence, restore us. What sin separates, God and Jesus reconnects. A relationship that's ruptured is now restored. And these opening verses speak of complete forgiveness, God's anger, which he rightly feels to renegades, to people who've rebelled against God, not love God as we should not loved each other as we should. People like that, like you, like me need deep and complete forgiveness. Restore us again, forgive us and the relationships healed, there's no more anger. There's no more justice on God's end, no more bill to be paid for God's justice. And then there's this word, revive us, or revive us. And that just means revive, bring to life again. Bring life again. God is the one who brings life. And listen to the reasoning. Uh, God, you're gonna do this, right? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Verse six, verse seven, show us your steadfast love, O Lord. Grant us your salvation. Will you not? You will do this, won't you? You're going to do this. Listen to the reasoning. Uh, Have you ever sent a text or a social media or had a social media post and you mess it up just a little bit and it changes the whole meaning of what, what you meant to say? Um, By God's grace, I was able to be part of Liberty Harrisburg when it was first planted and pray with the people who were praying for a church in that area and see Matt and Shay Luloyan move there and plant that church. And I had this uh, one of many visits there to preach there and on the train home uh, to Philadelphia from Harrisburg, I said, it was a real job to be at Liberty Harrisburg this morning. This morning it was a real job and someone who knew me underneath the post on facebook said don't you you meant to say right it was a real joy (laughs) it was a real joy yes so i corrected of course that's what i meant to say it was a joy to be with brothers and sisters i know to be with this part of church family to see what god's doing it was was a joy my point bringing that up sometimes we can act like God's attitude toward toward us, that it's just a job for him to deal with us. That it's, it's actually not in Jesus' heart. Jesus didn't say in John 15, hey, I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you. That's what he said. That Jesus, as if Jesus wasn't motivated by love, and as if Jesus wasn't motivated by joy in an invitation for us to know and share his joy. Uh, Jesus, Think of Jesus' whole teaching on prayer. Jesus says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Ask. And Jesus says to parents, the parents aren't perfect, you know how to give good gifts to your kids. You're not perfect, but you want to give what's good to your kids. They ask you for food, you don't poison them. How much more your father in heaven will give us the spirit when we ask? I, had a, I have a 17-year-old daughter with a birthday this past week. And it was a joy, it was a joy to buy something for her that I knew she'd like. Because I love her. And I'm not a perfect dad. How much more is it in God's heart to bless us when we say to him, God, will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in you? Isn't this what you want us to pray? Don't you want us to act like this? And this kind of reasoning and prayer, it's been, there've been prayers like this through history. There's a, a pastor that in the 20th century had a ministry in the UK named Uh, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, and he writes this about this kind of prayer. You will find in church history the same holy boldness, this argumentation, this reasoning, this putting the case to God, pleading his own promises. Oh, that is the whole secret of prayer, I sometimes think. Don't leave him alone. Pester him, as it were, with his own promise. Say, God, you said this. Don't you want us to ask this? Revive us again, that we would rejoice in you? Don't you want us to pray that? He mentions, uh, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones mentions another old school English pastor named Thomas Goodwin. who Actually, he died in 1680, so really old school. But he put it this way in prayer, praying for renewal, Thomas Goodwin said, sue him for it, sue him for it. When you sue someone, right, you're trying to make them, if the case is good, you're trying to make them do the right thing. And in prayer, we say, God, would you do what you said you're going to do? What you've said is your heart. In light of your past mercy, in light of your great promises, would you do what you've said you want to do? And so we have an invitation to pray, God, restore, renew, revive because of the purposes of the living God. Because look, the work of Jesus has released God's presence in the world. Two things about that. A dramatic thing happens when Jesus dies on the cross. Jesus cries out, it is finished. His work of paying for the sin of the world is finished. And you know what happens? there was this massive curtain in the temple that was ripped. And the curtain was a foot thick, uh, over 60 feet tall, and it blocked the entrance to the Holy of Holies. It quarantined God's holy presence from imperfect sinful people. And Jesus dies on the cross, and this foot thick curtain rips And there's two ways to understand what happened in one way we now have access to the presence of god through the forgiveness and mercy and the work of jesus and paying for our sins that's true also it's also true god's presence is now because of the work of jesus going to flood the world in a new way god's presence is going to go out into the whole world that is also true and that's also what happened jesus promised his last words in the gospel of matthew Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God's presence has come in the person of Jesus in a new way and is coming. So look, Liberty, there's an invitation here to pray for renewal. For God to heal and basically revive his church. God, would you revive your church? Would you bring more life to what is barely alive? Would you cause things that are dead to become fully alive? And look, this invitation to pray, it's going to surface what you actually believe about prayer. And look, everyone has a theology of prayer that you live out. You do this invitation to prayer will surface what you believe, not only about prayer, but about God. If you think God doesn't really listen to my prayers, they don't really matter to him. That's a a theology of prayer and reflects certain beliefs about God. If you think I'm not very good at prayer, therefore it's not gonna matter that much. That's a theology of prayer. If you think God is gonna do what he wants to do anyway, that's a theology of prayer. Or how about this? Look at what God has done for us in Christ. Look at the invitation Jesus says, ask and you'll receive, knock and the door will be opened. He pleads with us to seek and he invites us. Does God not want us to pray this way? Don't we desperately need to? Jesus is the one who actually said, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it makes really big invitations ask me for things in my name and i will do it pray does god not want to act now the idea of praying for renewal or ongoing revival can be weird to some people what does it mean to pray for revival or renewal it's not like a human gathering. It doesn't mean like a tent campaign, like, hey, let's get a bunch of people outside to hear gospel preaching. That can be um, a way to share the good news of Jesus in some places. The biblical idea of revival is simply this. It's been defined by a few different people. Uh, Richard Lovelace, uh, a theologian and pastor named Richard Lovelace, defines it this way. It's, when the, it's asking God to do through his Holy Spirit what he always does, only more so. It's saying we need the work of the Holy Spirit, what God does through his Holy Spirit, normally. We're just asking for that more. We're asking for that work more deeply. What is that work? Well, the Holy Spirit enables us to see who we really are. The Holy Spirit takes off blinders so we experience right conviction of sin. We realize, oh, this is who God wants me to be and calls me to be, and yet this is where I am. We quit comparing ourselves so much to other people, but actually to the real standard, which is God. We get sick of status quo. There's a holy hunger. There's a holy discontent. There's a longing for change. And there's a being sorrowful for sin, not because of what it costs us and oh this is so hard for me but because of what it costs god (laughs) because it's before god the holy spirit enables us to see our sin and the holy spirit also enables us to see and experience the love of god experience the grace of god experience the mercy of god in jesus the holy spirit enables us to experience Grace. Basically when we're in times of renewal, the church has a deeper view of our own sin and yet an even deeper view of who Jesus is. Look, you see your sin, you see Jesus, you see both those things. You become a Christian. That's how you become a Christian and Christians. We need continual sight in this way. Uh, the prayer for sight and spiritual awareness it's right here in the psalm verse seven show us your steadfast love O lord grant us salvation show us god show me show me my sin show me jesus and in this prayer there's a readiness to hear from god this is one of the principles for renewal is that when renewal happens there will be a willingness to engage new obedience There will be a willingness to listen to what God says. It's right here in verse eight. Let me hear what the Lord God will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Let me hear what the Lord will speak. And there's a willingness to do it. Years ago, this is uh, over 16 years ago when we were shopping for a house, we moved two blocks away in Northern Liberties, and we we're looking at houses that were available. And we went in one, we were invited to examine this house, but the realtor was also like, Yeah, this part is locked off. You can't go in there. It's locked. I don't know what's going on. That's all I've been told. It's a picture of sometimes what we do to God. Hey, God, we invite you into our life on our terms. We hope. We're hopeful that you get on board our agenda but we're actually keeping the key to a couple different rooms and yet when there's personal renewal there's a willingness to obey to obey god and actually listen to what god really wants in 1904 there was renewal in the church in wales and uh, the church was purified a dramatic new growth new seriousness about the things of God and dramatic new service, new blessing to uh, their towns, that region, and actually uh, people being sent from there to bless the world. And before the renewal started, one of the things people look back to, there's a young man named Evan Roberts, after a worship service was with a small group of 17 young people, he himself was young, And he felt like God was saying for them, there's an invitation to four things. He said, how about this? What if we agreed together? Would there be any to join me in naming before God unconfessed sin? Like, I'm not just going to live in rebellion in certain areas. I'm not going to have areas of my house locked to you. I'm actually going to let you into my life and the secret addictions or pride or bitterness. I'm going to let you in to all the areas. So he said, what if is God not calling us? This is the challenge he gave. Number one, put away any unconfessed sin. Number two, put away any doubtful habit. Three, obey the spirit promptly. Like if God wants you to do something, do it right away. And four, be willing to confess christ publicly be willing to publicly say you're a christian you believe in jesus you're going to bear that name and all 17 responded all 17 young people god used that as a seed as a spark prayer for renewal leads to willingness for new obedience and here's the scary thing right about praying for renewal what if god answers what if God does it? When we pray, God, renew me, restore me, bring life to me, are we willing then to say, God, I will listen to what you say? The lead team in the network, uh, Vito Baldini, Jim Anger, Matt Luloyan, and myself, and the lead pastors of this network, we're putting, we will put together a prayer campaign ask us as a communion of churches to pray uh, network wide, the whole network, the whole, all the communion of churches and Lent long, all during Lent. 17 days from today, Lent starts, February 17th on Ash Wednesday. What if we prayed these restoration prayers, these revive prayers, these renewal prayers in a consistent way all through Lent? This will take several forms. Yesterday at a retreat, uh, at a Zoom, well, it had to be a Zoom meeting because everything's on Zoom now for elders and deacons and pastors. Look, the first thing, we're asking all the different kinds of prayer meetings, home meeting studies, Bible studies throughout the Liberty Network, bring these restore and revive prayers into those, those gatherings during Lent. Pray this in your prayer meetings. In your home, with your home meeting, pray, God, revive us. Will you not revive us that we would rejoice in you? Second, personally bring these to God. I wanna challenge you to pray this every day through Lent. I'm actually gonna ask you to sign up. We're gonna give reminders through text. You can, there's a number that shows, um, there's a number that's gonna be listed with this sermon. You text hello to that you'll get a text at noon, Monday through Friday during Lent. One text around noon as a reminder to pray and it'll be prayer prompts. Hey, pray for this. Here's an encouragement to pray. Here's a verse about renewal. Uh, one of the days will actually count how many people prayed back. If you text back throughout these nine churches, text back, Hey, I prayed. We'll be able to say at the end, look, thousands of prayers, have been offered during this prayer campaign. So in our prayer meetings and gatherings, we're gonna pray this. Personally, I'm asking you to sign up. I wanna challenge you uh, with the lead team, sign up, text hello. We'll text you Monday through Friday, remind you to pray. And we'll go on this adventure together. And the third thing at this, Wednesdays at noon for 30 minutes, we're gonna have a Zoom prayer meeting during Lent throughout all nine churches. And we're gonna pray for specific churches. We'll have leaders from that church share. We're gonna pray for renewal as a network. We're gonna pray from God's grace, that God, we'd be more clear about what we believe that as we engage in covenant renewal as a communion of churches, as we say, look, we're in to strengthen and plant churches, serve our region and be part of what God's doing in the world. We want to be more committed to each other work with each other be more clear about what god's calling is on our lives we're going to ask for grace we're going to say let us hear what the lord god will speak god would you please guide us so i want to give you that challenge i i want you to hear the invitation from the lord what's the invitation from the lord in this given the goodness of jesus his love for us his reality, how he's entered in history. Let's pray these prayers. Friends, brothers and sisters of liberty, remembering God's past mercy and looking ahead to his promised future, let's pray these restore prayers, these revive prayers, these renewal prayers. Let's pursue this that can only come through the grace and person and the work of Jesus. I love you, I'm super grateful for you. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, could that have been the best sermon ever? Eh, the odds are strongly not in its favor. Still, thanks for listening, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also check out our version of a preaching after-party, the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, on the same podcast feed, where you can go backstage with the sermon. Live, speak, and serve at later.